So, on the line is the man himself. It's uh, Ronnie. How are you doing, Ronnie? Oh, I'm doing very well, thank you very much. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Now, you, you've, been the, you've been the character uh, and even the voice of Zippy, haven't you? I have indeed, yes. I didn't start off as um, the voice of Zippy. The first, fun enough, the first voice man was, um, in fact, he's very famous, really. He used to do the voices of Bill and Ben, and um, he also did the Daleks. So, and this was um, and Peter Hawkins, and he was an actor and a very famous sort of voice man. You know, he did, oh, as I say, lots of these What's With Mother stories of puppet voices for those you know as i say bill and ben was one of the sort of well-known ones he did the very first zippy and that was in when see rainbow started in 1972 and um you know it evolved into sort of the the program that everyone remembers now over a few years and um he he left i think in 1973 i'm very bad on the years so i bet people who know all the history of rainbow will um, probably put me right. But anyway, and then a friend of his, an actor called Roy Skelton, and he took over um, doing the voice of Zippy. And um, the reason basically why they had a sort of, you know, a voice artist was that the original puppeteer was a lady called Violet Philpott. And she was a mentor of mine, actually. She taught me a lot about glove puppetry because, you know, I've been a puppeteer since I was 15. I sort of left school very early to, to join the profession, as it were. She did the original Zippy. And, of course, being a sort of female, they wanted a sort of masculine voice, so they got Peter Hawkins in. And eventually they got Roy in. And Roy, when Roy joined... They also made um, the character of George, the pink hippo, his sort of c- companion, his friend. And they were a really great team. I mean, you, know, you hear of Morecambe and Wise being very funny and really super. I think Zippy and George are the same sort of thing. You've got one, the loudmouth, um, outrageous um, sort of, uh, what's the word? I mean, naughty, show off, all those things. And then you've got George, who really is the quiet one and just says, yes, 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 right, yes, yes. <laughs> you know, and, and so he's, um, you know, he's the, the sort of foil to Zippy's uh, naughtiness in a way. And then you've got Jeffrey, who was the presenter of the program, the sort of father figure trying to control these, these two. And then, of course, you've got Bungle Bear yeah. <laughs> bungling about on the program as well and trying to be good. And, of course, Zippy always, you know, likes to have a, a sort of tussle with Bungle. You know, Bungle gets in his way, you know, because Zippy knows everything and Bungle really doesn't know anything. A lot of characters, I suppose, to uh, to sort of keep the, the program interesting for, for young ones and actually and for parents alike. I think the parents like the program as much as the, the young children, although it was a preschool program. It's sort of, well, I think it's longevity proves that you know how successful it was it just i mean i carried on doing rainbow i think i think it was 1992 when thames television lost its franchise and so i mean and then i did some two more series where i actually i did the voice of sippy then and that carried on i think till 1996 so it was about 20 years in all of doing rainbow programs which is you know fantastic really it was wonderful for me because being a puppeteer in the normal run of things, you, you don't really make lots and lots of money. You do lots of interesting jobs, but um, with a regular income that Rainbow bought, I mean, I was able, well, I mean, I got married, I got I had children, I've now got grandchildren, you know, I managed to get a mortgage on a house and things like that, you know, it was fantastic. Up until then, I was living in a sort of single 
you know, bed sits really, um, and doing puppetry and loving it. I mean, I didn't, I didn't grumble. I mean, I was just happy. But it's interesting. You, you know, one works and you do shows in schools, in theatres, in old people's homes. Oh gosh, everywhere, <laughs> anywhere that anybody booked you really, and that's what I did. And so it gave me a lovely insight to what audiences like and I suppose um, an insight on how uh, how to make my puppets really become really strong characters because I think that's the most important thing is the character of the puppet comes across and the audiences believe in it and um, enjoy enjoy whatever they're doing you know that's that's the thing Was Zippy a hard puppet to control because we've um, read that it was a left-handed puppet but you're actually right-handed That's right you're absolutely right well I'll tell you why I did it that way round the puppeteer who was playing George was said oh he could only work it on his right hand you know do lip sync is quite tricky it looks very simple that lip sync is you know the mouth movement too and um, he found it easier to do it on his right hand so I did it on my left hand but also gave um, my right hand freeze for doing when Zippy did sort of drawings or wrote anything oh, I mean it's quite yeah. <laughs> complicated to describe but we 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 was we'd be under the table on very very low little chairs <laughs> and oh. well, not really chairs they were sort of little platform things anyway with little wheels on so we could sort of skirt around a little bit and um the puppet was slightly just over our heads the bottom part of it so you didn't see obviously didn't see our heads and then I would look at a television monitor underneath the table and if I was having to draw something Obviously, I, you know, I did it as you say with my left hand, the the actual head. But then I could sort of, with the television monitor, see what I was doing. Although it wasn't terribly brilliant, but in a way, it didn't really matter because um, even though Zippy, you know, probably wasn't the best drawer, it, you know, he always thought he was. So he didn't, you know, he was always, oh, this is brilliant, you know, and all this sort of stuff. So, <laughs> there you go. Oh, fabulous! And in your book, uh, Zippy and Me, uh, you reveal mm. some um, naughty goings on um oh oh, (laughs) can you tell us about some of those yes okay well i suppose the most the one that everyone talks about is the what they call the twanger episode (laughs) and basically do you know it was very funny in the normal not every program but if we were doing a program say about musical instruments or something like that we'd always make um you know something simple that the puppets could play because, you know, Jeffrey might have, um, you know, a, I don't know, a rattle, not a rattle, but a, a um, castanets or, or or something, shakers or something like that. But the puppets, it was quite tricky. So he got a shoebox and he got an elastic band and he put it over the, the shoebox. Shoe and we just, we could do it with our fingers. The box could be sort of on the table and we can go boing, boing, boing. And we made this. We made this, and we called it a twanger. <laughs> anyway, so that was that. So they were in the sort of programs occasion when we needed the musical instrument. You ended up usually doing something with those. But um, years ago, and it was 1976, can you believe we did that program? Wow. When I say program, it was an episode we did for the um, VTR people. That's the videotape recording people. Up, you know, I always call them up in the office somewhere. They were recording the programs. And then, of course, they went out to all the public. But this time, they, they had a competition for all for the you know the sort of things that go wrong in a show usually. And they were they'd collect all those 
and there'd be a competition. The one, you know, the best one would win. Well, it didn't really win anything very much, but we, I think we got a letter saying, well done, you've won this year's, um, you know, uh, competition for um, the funniest um, sort of outtakes of Rainbow, or not, not necessarily Rainbow, but of outtakes of any programs that were being made. And it went out really purely in-house. That was for the ITV companies and also the BBC. I think these things were done then, long before those programs that you see now with, of all the bloopers. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, so here I was, sort of, um, or oh, not me, but all of us, one lunchtime, in there, and we thought, well, wouldn't it be great if we could do a sort of rainbow one and our producer said yes no that's fine but the thing is we can't swear we you know let's just make it sort of naughty schoolboy humor so that's what we did so we all of us added in little things and so between us it was sort of written i think probably the the actor who played um bungle stanley bates i think wrote most of it and then we've got Roy Skelton who was funny enough it was the voice of Zippy and George then and because uh, this is way back in 76 so we did this thing after a Thursday afternoon we, we, we recorded the programs on Wednesday and Thursday and we did three a week so Wednesday would be two programs and Thursday would be one program and so sometimes we had you know about an hour you know, free if, if the programs went very well. So that's, and then we use that time in the studio to record this little, um, I suppose it's about, I can't think how long it is. It's probably about two minutes, three minutes or something like that. Anyway, it was done as though it was a rainbow. So there's Jeffrey, you know, starts it off and then Zippy starts it by saying, one skid, two skid, three skid, four, oh. And then, then you've got sort of George saying, oh, I've only got a small one. And of course he's talking about, you know, a little toy. But, you you know, you, you hearing this, it's all sort of innuendo. So, um, and it um, basically won, as I've said, this, this competition that the television companies had. Now, this is, I say, way back in 76. And I think what happened by about, I don't know when Channel 4 started, but they did some late night shows. Um, and I, I'm assuming it was sometime probably in the 90s, but I may be absolutely wrong. But they showed uh, somehow one of the people got a, a copy of this um, video of, of us doing our thing. And so it was put out on a late night show on Channel 4. And then, of course, when YouTube started, people had seen it and made a copy of it. And, and it went out on YouTube. Well, everybody loves that one. They would think it's hilarious because it's so sort of... I mean, you could play it to the little, you know, preschool audiences and they probably, you know, sit there and think, oh, it's just like a normal rainbow. But of course, us adults, knowing all the, you know, <laughs> the innuendo, yeah. absolutely loved it. And of course, what was very funny was that Fremantle Media, who owned the brand of Rainbow, they um, <laughs> they uh, used to take it off YouTube. You know, and then, of course, somebody else would put it on. <laughs> and in the end, <laughs> it, it's been left on because I think, you know, it's not done any harm for the program really. Really. In fact, I think it's made people laugh, you know, the adults laugh particularly. And uh, anyway, that's the story of that. And there were several other other episodes. I mean, we used to be, we, I think 
you know, we we were together for what, as I say, nearly nearly twenty years on the Thames, doing it um, at Teddington, and we were like a family. We, I suppose, it's a bit like the Archers, you know, on the radio. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, we we all knew each other very well. We all got on well, and um, so we had fun in the studio when when we were rehearsing the camera rehearsals. That if there was time and it was a fairly easy program, we could have fun basically being a bit naughty, you know, dressing up or something. Or I think Jane dressed up as a sort of, you know, um, leather sing, sing songstress or <laughs> yes. something at one point. And then that we, we did, we oh gosh, um, Zippy and George being very naughty in bed, you know, <laughs> and Bungle joining in and all this. And so we did that sort of stuff for the cameraman. Well, we none of that was recorded, you know, it was just for fun. And the camera guys, I think, probably thought, you know, at the time during the 70s, and 80s, Thames Television had the most fabulous, um, well, I think it was the biggest independent company. So they had things like Morecambe and Wise joined, all the big dramas. Edward, Mrs. Simpson was a wonderful drama that they did during that time. So there was lots of fabulous things. Now, they had to, all the same camera crews in the in the Thames company would have to come along to Little Studio 3, which is at the end of the, the um, block of studios uh, and the smallest one, to do a sort of preschool program, which probably wasn't the most exciting thing to do. So what we did, we, we sort of made it fun for them. To, and that was one of the, and they loved it. I mean, you, you can ask any of the cameramen and some of them are still working, believe it, you know, on other companies now. I sometimes come across them. It's lovely. Um, and they will say, oh, they're the funniest days. We had such fun. You were all so brilliant. And, you know, and we really enjoyed coming in to do that. Because I think, you know, I assume that doing a drama, you know, and you've got wonderful shots and lovely big studio and lots of spaces and, you know, very brilliant directors directing all all that stuff and you come to you know little as i say the little studio on rainbow it was it, it was quite small you couldn't do you know massively brilliant things although i must admit we did do some stuff um that technically it was you know amazing that it was done in such a small space really people i know were amazed when they visited the studio and thought you didn't do the program in there's hardly room to swing a you know a cat or whatever yeah. not that we would swing a cat but you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so it was um really um it was it was really lovely so that's one of the reasons why we sort of developed that um the, that humor but also i think just for fun for all of us really the, uh, and the producer as long as we weren't absolutely too outrageous and, and we uh, oh i'll tell you about that i can i've just remembered a funny story um we were we were rehearsing again like all these things are in for the cameras so before we recorded i think we usually record after lunch or one before lunch and one after lunch on a wednesday and we were recording this program and um we were being quite naughty with the puppets it was a bedroom scene and that's always difficult not to have some fun <laughs> so the puppets were in the bed and sadly we didn't know this but um the head of children's television had invited now i i don't know whether i I can't remember but i think it was the archbishop of canterbury or somebody like that (laughs) into the into his you know into the studios to have a look around and just see what was being done on the television for that day i'm not quite sure why why he is visiting but i assume that was one of the reasons anyway and of course he said upstairs in up in his office he's got the monitors and he can just click a button and 
look at what's going on in each studio. And he came to say, oh, now this is a very interesting program, he would say to the Archbishop, you know, this is Rainbow. It's one of our, you know, wonderful programs that we do for preschool children. And then, of course, he clicked the button and there was Zippy and George. Um, it's a terrible word, but humping <laughs> um, you know, in the bed. with the, And of course, oh, my goodness. And then he had to switch it off and he phoned down the um, to the producer and said, look, you know, really, I mean, I do realize I have a guest of the Archbishop of Canterbury or something. I mean, it was somebody, it might not have been exactly him, but it was somebody, you know, somebody of that high eel, maybe a bishop or something. I really can't remember. And of course, we were, quite, oh my oh, goodness, we were quite shocked that, you know, it's very funny, really. <laughs> but um, um, of course, that, that never would have gone out, and it certainly didn't. But uh, <laughs> we were wrapped on, you know, on the knuckles a little bit, you know, obviously, because they said, oh, now, look, come on. On, you know, you have to be careful because every now and again, you know, the head of children's will turn on the, his monitor at, up in his office and <laughs> show people. And you know, <laughs> so that you know that was one thing which was quite funny, really. Yeah, so those those sort of things happened. Not not every every time, but you know, during the years, yeah. Now, um, Rainbow was one of my favourite programmes when I was younger, but also another one of my favourite programmes was the Sooty Show, and I believe uh, you worked on that as well. Oh, I did. Well, the story about that was that basically um, Matthew Corbett was one of the singers on Rainbow when um, um, the, there was a, a, about three different sets of Rainbow singers over the years. And Matthew joined with Jane, Rod and um, Matthew, it was. And they were the first group. And then um, Freddie joined a bit later on. But anyway, so Matthew was one of the singers. And um, and I, obviously I knew he was his father was Harry Corbett, and of course as a child I'd watched you know um, Sooty and Sweep, and mostly probably on the BBC. Then his father presented the Sooty Show on Thames Television during the summer, and we had a break in the summer. But the sad thing was, it was about I think it was about 1976. Sadly, Harry, um, during the Christmas of um, 75, had um, a really serious heart attack right in the middle of his Christmas season at the Mayfair Theatre, which he'd been doing for years. And it was very, very popular, obviously, because you know, everyone loved Sooty and Sweep and the, the Glove Puppet antics. And um, so Matthew had to rush in and um, take over the show and present it. The following summer, they were thinking, now, what should we do now? Will Harry be okay? Well, he was, he was, he got amazingly well. He was a lot better, but they were really worried about him actually fronting the show now because of the responsibility and possibly the insurance and stuff like that. And so they asked if Matthew would um, take over, you know, presenting the show. So I was then asked by Matthew. Um, to to work sweep well I mean what a, you can't say no to working sweep puppet I mean he's the most gorgeous yeah. <laughs> so Aww. that's what um, that's what I did so um, and as it was work you know at Thames I mean I knew that obviously we had our break um, in the summer anyway it's when they started writing more series of the program so and also it gave me a chance to work outside on location because we had um, two weeks filming and we filmed in the first few years anyway um, in in and around um, I think it was Dorset is where um, um, Harry Harry lived and we didn't go too far away from where he lived so we, you know we, everyone was being very careful not to um, tire 
um, Harry too much, although he was amazing and he was absolutely lovely to work with. And his wife, um, Marjorie, she was absolutely lovely. We had, a, I mean, I had a fabulous time working the puppets in the book. I, I've got a, a picture of um, Sooty and Sweet rock climbing and they had the camera <laughs> above the a sort of, I mean, it looked quite dangerous, but it actually, it really wasn't. But, and I had to keep my body and myself out of the way and get, and then they put, oh, they Sooty always has the most wonderful props and we had little crash helmets on, <laughs> on the puppets and they had rope and they were sort of doing this rope climbing. And there's a lovely picture of the, the director wearing a sort of yellow suit. So oh no, that was Matthew. Sorry, Matthew was wearing the yellow. He was part, I think he was probably the, um, the trainer training them. I really can't <laughs> remember. It's such a long time ago, but the photograph's lovely. And of course it was the most gorgeous weather. And, uh, and then there's the director, Daphne Shadwell, who was looking at the script and making sure everything is going to plan. And um, so that was the sort of thing. I, I did a one in a swimming pool, um, another episode where Sweet was doing his lovely jumps on the diving board and then dump it, jumping into the pool. And one of the shots they had was Sooty and Sweep um, swimming. And um, they got me out of the picture and I was actually in the pool with the puppets and the cameraman had the camera on um, some polystyrene floating so it didn't get wet. And so it looked lovely. It was at their level, if you see what I mean, swimming. Yeah. Of course, they can only swim with their paws, but it was <laughs> terribly sweet. And occasionally um, they're put out on, on um, YouTube. There's um, And also there's um, a Facebook page where people find bits of sooty and sweet um, programs from a long time ago. I didn't do that many of them, sadly. The producer was the same producer of Rainbow as, uh, as of um, Sooty, the Sooty show. So I, he said, look, you know, you must have a rest. I said, it is a rest. I'm doing something totally different <laughs> and I'm outside the studio and I'm loving it. But um, he thought it was better for the program that, you know, I, I sort of took, took a proper rest. So I, I, did, I think I did about three series and then after that I sort of um, stopped. But funny enough, um, coming up to date now, um, I did the last series of um, the Sooty Show with the now Richard Cadell, who um, runs oh, wow. Sooty now. He bought the, the 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 franchise, as it were, and and has been doing the Sooty Show for a few years now, actually. And um, so I worked on the last last one that went out, which was I think two years ago or something like that. But that was fun, um, and it was really nice. In fact, this time I was working Sue, but um, obviously I didn't voice. So there's a wonderful actress <laughs> called Brenda Longman who does the voice of Sue, and I've known Brenda since she started with the Sooty Show. In fact, there was lots of people on still on the program that have been with the Sooty Show for a long, long time. So it was really, really nice. Matthew retired. Um, after he did 25 years, can you believe, of, right. of and, so, and just like his dad, his dad did 25 years. So, um, And we did, I think, I think it was the Sooty's 70th birthday or something like that, although, you know, from when it started, I think way back in 1952, I think it was, or something like that with Harry doing it. So oh um, anyway, no, I absolutely loved it. And the props too that we handle are absolutely wonderful. The bathroom scenes, you know, with, when you turn on the tap and <laughs> the water actually comes out and the shower and the water does. Of course, that goes all over the puppeteers, of course, but there you are. <laughs> you've got to do it. You know, people don't realize, I think, sometimes that if you're standing in a shower, you're, you've got your arm up in the air and it's sweep usually in the shower and all the water comes on you. But there you go. It's um, It makes for a fun program. The kids absolutely love it and then there's the musical instruments as well where i 
you know, they, they're beautifully made. There was a wonderful prop man that um, Harry Corbett used, although he made some wonderful props too, but um, a man called Bill Garrett, and he made really intricate, um, the musical instruments particularly, like the trombone that Sweep used to play is brass, and, you know, it actually goes in and out, you know, the, the sort of little, the tube thing, I don't know what you call it, but the thing that goes up and down, um, uh, inside and out. And then you've got the trumpet and you've got the guitars and all that, and they're absolutely beautiful beautiful works of art and of course they're made so well that they've kept and of course um, Richard uses them as well and some of the old sets he uses he rewrites the stories quite a lot but you know to keep it up to date but um, the um, the props are still there and he's got all all that stored away so you know they're not lost or anything like that and I think also Harry was a great um, archivist he kept all his old programs the scripts and stuff and he was incredibly neat so you know it's beautiful he's got a lovely archive of you know the early days of sooty and you know beyond which is really nice and, and also you've been in uh, one of my favorite muppet films uh, uh, with uh, michael kane as well i mean what was oh, that oh like? yes i love that film that was muppet christmas carol yes and i was terribly lucky to be involved in that um basically um it was not long after um Sadly, Jim Henson died, and it was Brian Henson's, his son's, first film. And what a fabulous um, film it was. Um, It's one of my favorites, actually, to be honest, too. I think so many people have said to me, gosh, you have a part. I said, well, I was only one, an additional puppeteer, but just to be an additional puppeteer, that being that we were the sort of background puppets. Um, Remember when um, Kermit and... um, Scrooge were walking down the snow-laden um, um, sort of road and there was the houses on the side and pe- puppets would pop out and sing a line or something like that or look through windows and all that. That's what we were... I, I couldn't tell you which puppet I was now, sadly. I can't remember, but, but we would pop out of the door and just do those. But it was absolute pleasure to do do that film and the music was fabulous the the script i think was brilliant it didn't sort of send up dickens at all it was it added to the dickens story i think and michael kane was an absolute delight um the scene i remember which i always thought was much longer but when you see the actual film it's right at the very end and michael is sitting at the table he's turned a you know turned over a new leaf he's now brought the turkey or whatever it is or the christmas goose to the to the cratchit family and we're having this lovely meal and all these um other muppet carries there was the cratchit family but there was also the friends and we we there was a lovely scene and it's quite short but all the puppets are going into um into the house and we were sort of literally going round in a circle bringing putting another one on and going around so it looked as though there was loads and loads and loads of puppets going in anyway then there was a table where michael was at the top top end um i think he was about to cut the turkey or something or like um it's awful i can't remember the actual shot but then the camera pulled out and i was working a couple of puppets at the side and how we did it was it was up the whole set was on a rostrum so michael was sitting you know sitting on a chair on a rostrum higher than us and we would stand and with our arms up in the air with the puppet you know probably this time i'd have it in my right hand to be honest <laughs> as it was no writing to do but um and um and there'd be other puppeteers there all working the other puppets and um the 
camera pulled out and there they all were at the table sort of enjoying this final this lovely meal but um we did quite a lot of different takes during that period was, you know every time the camera sort of the, the position slightly changed there would be a moment why they relit to make sure that the the scene looked right and everything and michael would look down at us and say you all right lads oh having a good time <laughs> and he was so nice really really super I mean, the same thing happened. Um, a film that I, the very first film I did for the Muppets, um, was the film of Labyrinth, which is the one with you know um, David Bowie yeah. was in. And um, there was a moment in that um, film where we were sort of we'd come back at lunchtime and we'd some we were able to take pictures. Nowadays, you're not really allowed to take pictures on set. You know, they don't like it, and you certainly can't publish them on. Um, you know, on on social media or anything like that. Um, companies get very cross now. There, you have to sign what you call an NDA, which is you know, you're not allowed to talk about um, anything <laughs> until the film is um, done. I think it's basically to protect, um, you know, the the um, the company so that it's a lovely big surprise for all the public, you know, and they'll want to buy it. But if they all half the people know what the story is or knows in it, they probably won't be quite so excited to buy it. I assume that's the yeah. reason. And also other companies might be wanting to do a similar story. So, you know, they, you don't want to let them know what you're doing. Anyway, um, that beside the point, I, here we were taking pictures of our puppets, like there's a picture of me in the book, I think, sitting on um, Jareth's throne, who was <laughs> played by David Bowie, with one of the goblins that I worked in that film. And sure, sure enough, one lunchtime, we were there, as I say, there's about four of us and we were just sort of taking pictures of each other. And who should walk in? David Bowie on his own, just with a, probably with a dressing gown on or something, I can't remember. And he walked over to us and said, oh, hi, lads, you all right then? And I remember turning around going, I couldn't even, uh, I couldn't even speak. I was so sorry. Oh, my goodness, he's talking to us. Because basically, we were at the back doing the, the Goblin song and all those things. So we saw him nearly every day, obviously, because he was in the you know, in the picture a lot, but um, we, we we never really, you, you know, you don't talk to the big stars, you're in the background, you know, sort of thing, and you're quite happy, it's just lovely to be involved in, you know, a film with so many people and all the lighting and all the effects and all the rest of it. Anyway, that was lovely, I think one of, one of my friends said, oh yes, we're fine, thanks David, or something like that, and then he went on, but I always remember that, and what I really liked about him was that he wasn't at all starry you know there he was just like like michael kane people you know these people i think these very big stars the ones that have made it and you know they tend to be just genuine genuine people they they don't need to boast or show off or i mean they i'm sure they have egos and all the rest of it but it's not it isn't sort of they don't come across as show-offs or anything like that, and he certainly didn't. And what was interesting, I know he recently died, and there was sort of documentaries about him, and I don't think there was one person that said that he he was sort of over the top and, you know, caused havoc and stuff like that. He, he, they, they all admired him. I mean, everyone I know admired his music, but um, him as a person, I think they liked. So I, I was really pleased about that. But um, yeah, I've been extremely lucky working on several movies and um, with all, and it's just, I suppose, um, it's, you know, you do one and then you get asked to do another one and then, you know, and that sort of thing, because they get to know your work. And um, when I started, as I say, in the, well, I started in the 60s, but in the 70s, 80s, there probably wasn't so many puppeteers 
around. You know, there's quite a lot nowadays and a lot of youngsters, a bit like me, you know, who desperately want to get into the world of film and TV because that's obviously very glamorous. Actually, it's not quite so glamorous as everyone thinks. It's tough and it's quite, you know, um, you, you're behind rather sort of plaster sets and things so you don't wear your best clothes when you go into work you know because no. you're covered in dust oh, and oh, oh. stuff like that wow now um obviously the uh, the pandemic stopped a lot of things from happening but have you got anything um, in the pipeline are you working on anything that you can tell yes. us about or yeah. well i've been very lucky i'll tell you what's happened i mean i literally it's i've it stopped nearly all my work this going back last year you know when it all started from yeah. that that march and um I had things like I, I've been doing comic cons. I don't know whether you've heard of those yes, things yes, where yeah. you can go along to a comic con and sign pictures. And and I did one about four years ago, and I thought, well, nobody wants to, you know, to do anything like that. They won't want the zippy or one of the. Well, I, you know, little did I know. I mean, there was people from Star Wars. There were people from Doctor Who. All the big shows that. Uh, and people were dressed up as the characters. I mean, it's extraordinary, actually. Anyway, here I was at a table with Zippy behind me. I had the Zippy puppet, you know, here at home, and I had him on a stand, and I had some pictures. And there were queues of people queuing up to have a photograph and, and be next to Zippy and then asking me questions. I wished I'd had my book then, but I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah. you know, still in the pipeline, as it were. But that was really nice. So I had a few of those sort of booked um, for for all this year, but sadly, of course, that they they were postponed or cancelled. And I've got a few. Um, I think I've got about three coming up. Hopefully, fingers crossed. I think one in September. I think there's one um, in November, and I can't remember when the other one is. But so there's sort of you know they've made them late as possible, so that hopefully. You know, we'll be free and be able to have, um, yeah, you know, people <laughs> come out and go to them. So oh, there's yeah. that. But I also worked on a film as well, which sadly I'm not allowed to talk about. But N- hopefully by Christmas or the Christmas after or whenever, it takes ages for these things to be edited. But I've just had a most marvellous time. I literally got a, a phone, no, not a phone call. I got an email from um, head of production, I think he was, or something, or head of the, you know, he he employs all the people, and said, look, would you be interested? We've got this film coming out, or not coming out, we're working on, and we're going to work through the pandemic. It's all got to be, you know, you've all got to be tested, COVID tested, and you've got to wear gloves and masks, and, you know, we've, we've, it's going to cost us a lot more money than it did normally, but you know, we want to get it done. And we've got a big major star, I'd love to tell you, but I can't. Because um, <laughs> I've signed this NDA. Yeah. Um, anyway, basically what, what it is, is that um, I said yes, of course, because I had nothing in the diary. You know, it was wonderful. So um, I've just been working on that. And we just literally, I finished last week. I did it for about, um, I think I started the end of January. So it's sort of January February, March, April, yes, just just now, just last week. So it's, that has been a lifesaver for me, really, because um, you know it, it's it's been interesting being at home. I mean, most of the things I've been doing at home were actually really nice. I've been doing some podcasts for um, people have really gone online a lot, and yeah, they um, have, yeah. so they've asked me to do various podcasts, which I've done. I've done a couple in you know for America. That was quite exciting. And obviously, the sort of various ones in England, and um, so that's 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 kept me busy a bit, which is very nice. I mean, I don't say I have them every every weekend, but you know, I do have 
have quite a few. I've done quite a few. I can't remember how many, but that's that sort of keeps me keeps me busy. And of course, I I walk into the garden. I'm allowed to go into the garden, <laughs> and uh, and I do walk round the block. Um, you know, because we're all this lockdown, you know, we can't, I can't have anybody in the house, which is really boring. And of course, sadly, I can't see my grandchildren, which because um, they're, they're miles away. They're, my my son is in Manchester, and he's got the two boys. And um, we're not, you know, obviously, I'm not allowed to travel yet. Hopefully, we'll be able to soon. And yeah, my daughter's in Derby with the two girls. So I've got... Um, you know, two go- you know, well, four gorgeous grandchildren. They're lovely. I mean, I do talk to them online. Thank goodness for the internet, because I have been able to do, you know, chat, chat, chat to them there on there. But it's very funny. The boys, I phone up, and and my son John will say, "Oh, um, excuse me." Um, um, he will sort of shout out to the boys, "Come and talk to Granddad Ronnie." So you know, they come across, and <laughs> and Theo will say, "Hello," and I say, "How, how, how are you, Theo?" He's He's just seven. And he's, he said, yeah, I'm, I'm great. I'm just playing a game. Bye. And he said, oh, <laughs> oh, that's nice. And then the little one will come and he's, well, he's, well, he was five. He's six now, but he, he, was, he says more or less the same. But the <laughs> girls are a little bit different. I don't know. I'm not, I hope I'm not being sexist here. But no. Daisy and Olive, who are my daughter's children, they, Daisy will tell me. But she's like seven, but going on 35 yeah. and has loads of conversation. <laughs> and it's so sweet. It's really lovely. She's just done a lovely um, drawing on Facebook. Or, um, you know, um, Liz has put this lovely drawing. She's quite an artist and um, she's really good. So, um, no, I do, you know, have bits of communication with them, but it's, of course it's not quite the same as no. actually seeing them in the flesh. So hopefully in the summer, um, later on, I don't know. I mean, I think they were talking about the end of June or something. We can have people in the house again or something. But anyway, um, they're, 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 that's what I've been up to really in the uh, sort of, but the film has been fantastic. Um, oh, I've done a couple of things for the Little Angel Theatre. That was the theatre that I started my whole puppet puppet career on and that's the little angel theater as i say it's in islington where i live in north london and um we we they've been doing of course like all theaters it's all been closed so they've been doing stuff online too and they've been doing um their um foundation course which a lot of teachers and um actors and people who want to learn about puppetry manipulation or puppetry making come to and um i i I think I've done about three now. I'm on a panel of three puppeteers, and we we spend an um, an afternoon and an evening um, doing a sort of Zoom meeting where they ask questions about what it's like being a professional puppeteer and and what sort of work and you know how they can do stuff and all the rest of it. And we answer questions, so that's been quite nice to do because I've not really lost my connection with the little angel over the years in fact I've been made an honorary associate like Lindy Wright who is the founder director's wife he died in 1991 but Lindy is still around and is a wonderful designer and maker of puppets and the other organization I'm quite fond of well quite fond of I, a few years ago I was made president of the British Puppet and Model Theatre Guild wow. and that is the oldest organization for puppetry in the world I always used to think it was the oldest one in England and one of the um, <laughs> one of the older members said to me you do realize it's the world it started in 1925 I said well that's why I don't remember I wasn't born then. no I didn't say that <laughs> but um, no 
it was um, that's really lovely, and we've been doing stuff online. It's not the, obviously it's not the same doing um, you know li- the live events are always very exciting, but um, um, but we've done you know we've done meetings, we've had Zoom meetings. I've got an AGM coming up in May, and I'll be interviewing two television puppeteers, I think friends actually, and that'll be nice just for you know because it's on Zoom, you can get people together a little bit, and I don't know hopefully all the members who. Obviously, most people have a computer in the house now, and they'll you know join in. So that'll be nice for the members. But um, yeah, no, I, it's it's sort of it's. I, I suppose I'm feeling quite chirpy because I'm I'm having just had this lovely job which came out of the blue. I feel quite sort of revigorated and desperate to do more stuff now. But um, anyway, it's it was a joy working on this film. So hopefully, maybe by. I don't know. I think they talked possibly by Christmas because they'd like to have it come out as a Christmas, um, you know, um, showing, I think. But I, we don't really know, really, because, you know, there's always lots of technical editing to do and all the rest of it. But it was a joy to work on it, to be honest. Oh, we'll have um, to get you back on to talk about that when you're allowed oh, to. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, it's one of the nicest um, jobs I've had, and it, I feel terrible I can't tell you about it. Oh. It's really, really boring. No. But there you go. <laughs> but but your, um, your, your book, Zippy and Me, it's available from uh, bookstores. I mean, I've got a copy. I'm working oh, my lovely. way through it. Oh, that's kind I, I read of the lovely story about um, how you had, like, um, I, I suppose a tantrum when they stuffed pop, uh, Zippy with the newspaper. Oh, the yeah. yes. So. Oh, my goodness, that was funny. I, that's when I, had my, I lost my temper. The only time, I think. Yes. What was funny, it was a, the singers were doing a song, and it was they had this car, like a sports car, in. it was only like a two-seater car. You know, it wasn't, they couldn't, there wasn't room in the studio to drive it, anyway, it was sort of wheeled in. And then I can't remember what they were singing about. And there was the two of them in the front, and one of them in the, the sort of boot, you know, the boot lifted <laughs> up, and you could sit the third person in. And they said, oh, well, they didn't. I think, I think it was the director, I can't remember actually anyway he said oh let's have um zippy in there you know in the car as well well there's no room for me to, to work the public oh don't worry we can stuff it with newspaper and it'll just sort of <laughs> be there well you know i said oh i don't think so i mean it's going to look like a you know awful shop dummy or something <laughs> stuck there because you know he's always sort of moving and alive anyway um and they anyway they sort of they did the camera rehearsal, and I just thought, oh, this looks awful. I can't bear it. So I went into the um, into the control room, and the producer, she was there, and, you know, the director, and I just said, I'm sorry, but this is dreadful. I really can't allow. I mean, I, I don't know. I just lost it a bit. You know, <laughs> it's dreadful to have. You can't have a zippy like that. It looks like some sort of, you know, robot thing stuck there, not moving. And I remember the producer turning around, and I was quite angry, really, and I never did it you know, since. But anyway, she, I remember her turning around saying, oh, Ron, oh, get him a coffee. I'm sure he'll settle down in the well. That was like, you know, and I was furious. But no, I mean, as it happened, it didn't look good at all. And in fact, the director or and produce, between them, they did they decided they wouldn't use Zippy as a pub. So I did win in the end. But oh, my goodness. That was, yes, that's funny. Yes, I've forgotten that was in the book. The awful thing is, you know, you write stuff and you put it in, and um, I can't remember all the all the little gems, but <laughs> then that's probably why people have to buy the book. But it's it's been selling quite well, I think. I mean, I haven't, um, I, I don't know all the figures, but it's been out since last or well, summer of of July um, 1919. So it's been out for a year and a bit, 
and um, I've been having some lovely reviews from people. So I'm really pleased, you know, that people like it because I must admit it wasn't my idea to publish the book. It was um, the authors. Well, what I did was I, as you can tell, I'm a bit of a, a wordsmith. I chat on for hours. <laughs> um, and uh, Duncan and Nula um, came to me while I was working at the Little Angel Theatre. Um, must be about four or four years ago now, I think, because it took a while for it to get put together. But And said, look, you know, we'd love to write a book about you know, your sort of life in puppetry and obviously include Zippy because that would be the selling point. And I said, oh, that's wonderful. I said, but I don't just want it to be about, you know, my time with Zippy, although I know people would love to know and I'm quite happy to include that, but I'd love it to be a little bit about how I started um, and and how I've continued and worked on other things. They said, oh, yes, definitely. And um, there were bits sadly left out because um, the, the editors, of course, you know, said, oh, we must get to the zippy bit quickly. And <laughs> for instance, when I, when I was with the Little Angel, we toured all over Europe and we went to America, we went to Israel. And there's some lovely stories there. But sadly, you know, that was, you know, it wasn't quick enough for them to get to the, the zippy <laughs> bit. And I can sort of understand because, you know, it's called Zippy and Me. <laughs> so they decided, you know, they wanted to get to the sort of rainbow stories. But um, no, it's lovely. And uh, I'm able to put pictures in it, which is nice. So um, there's there's those. And um, hopefully, it, it, you know, there's, there's no talk of it coming out of going out of print yet. So that's good. So yeah. <laughs> I hope it'll carry on. And maybe there'll be a volume two, but I don't know. I'll have to see. But, um, I'll do I'll, I'll do. Sorry. I'll do you a review, actually. I'll oh, do I'd it love review. that. That would be wonderful. That's very kind of you. Thank you. So, um, Ronnie, if people want to find out more about you, do you have a website they can head over to? Yes, indeed. Um, it's. I'm afraid I'm not updated it for a long time. I'm afraid, but it is. It's got quite a lot of stuff there. It's easily. It's just my name. It's www.ronnieledrew.com. That's my website. And then um, I've got um, a Facebook page, and I think it's just under Ronnie Ledrew. You can you know, get that on social media people. That's more up to date, obviously. But of course, there's all sorts of stuff. I have family pictures on it, all goodness knows. So people might think, oh my goodness. But anyway, (laughs) there you go. And then I have a Twitter page and that's called Punch And. You know, you have to have these funny... um, um, names you have to make up, and I put I, I put um, I made up loads. I put puppet. No, that's been used. I put all sorts of names on it, and they and in the end, I thought I know nobody will go just punch and, and that's what I called it. So <laughs> you look up on Twitter, punch and that's that's me, um, and I have an Instagram one, and I can't remember what um, what that is. I don't really put much on that, to be honest. I did all these social media things because of the book. Um, basically, um, the publisher is um, called, uh, are called Unbound, and they are um, a publisher that you, what you do is you um, you you it, they, they, it's a bit like crowdfunding that you you gather enough money from potential buyers. They put down a ten pounds or something for a copy of the book before it's published, and once there's enough money to have it published. They um, they go ahead and they publish it and you know you have the editors you have the legal people so I'm not doing anything that's illegal on it <laughs> and um, and they they you know they have a photographer they took the picture of the cover and all the rest of it and um, so and that's how it was done well it took about actually just over two years to get the the money for the book 
published. So it's been a while while this has all been underway. And then, as I say, last in July of 19, uh, 2019, it was it was published, which was wonderful. I mean, with a whole lot of editing you have to do. I've never written a book before, and it's quite interesting, all the stuff you have to do. Um, sort of, you know, you get, you get sent an edited version. You make sure that the spelling, the names are right and the dates are right and all that much more to it than I thought, but um, I, I'm, I'm pleased I've done it now because people, as I say, have been very kind about it, and certainly on social media they've put um, um, sort of uh, nice reviews. I just remember there's on um, um, what's it called YouTube. There's a, a film um, which a young student who's at film school. He it's about three or four years old now. But he made it as his final film for le- when he was leaving college, and it's called My Life with Puppets. And if you if you um, go Google that, you'll and it's a nice little documentary. Um, and it, again, it's about and it shows pictures of me at the Little Angel when I was a kid and how I went on to do film work and all the rest of it. And that's that's quite nice. So that's a nice one for if people are interested in finding out you know finding out about me so um yeah and that's it really i think that's all i've got at the moment Mm -hmm. Uh, i mean hopefully i mean i i continue to do teaching and i do lectures oh i know i have got something coming up in i think it's in july um i hope i've got this right and there's a nottingham puppet festival and it was cancelled from last year and i'm going to do a talk about mostly about i think my life with um, puppets but in film because it's going to be done um it's going to be in a cinema in nottingham and they're um going to show the film labyrinth you know after my talk so i'll talk about obviously you know some of the time i had in on in labyrinth so that's i think that's in july but it'll be um it'll be sort of publicized on all the sort of media the nottingham puppet festival so look out for that i'll be one of the you know speakers and um, on that, and so I hopefully I'll have some books to sell there too, which would be nice. That's it, and, and that's probably it, really, as far as um, my life at the moment. I mean, I'm, I'm waiting for Hollywood, of course, now to ring. Up and say, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh no, but you're, 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 it's, it's been one of the the, the best interviews we, we've done actually, uh, because oh, I mean, we love you. Rainbow, don't we? Oh yeah, I've I've got lots of uh, little uh, zippy bits and things. We've got so DVDs oh. and such. Little, um, I mean, I can do a little impression, can't no. I, Ginge? Oh no, you're allowed to, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you can't, you can't use the puppet, can you? You, you have to ask, get well, permission. Well, I, 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 what I do is, I'm allowed to use it um, if I get permission from the, um, you know, the, the company. It's now a company called Boat Rocker. Um, media. They're, uh, I think they're an offshoot of Fremantle Media. You know, they're all in the same office. So I think, but and uh, uh, if I can, um, they, uh, for instance, they let me use Zippy on the cover. You know, of the book, which was great. Um, and I do do, you know, I do sometimes. I, I've done things like, for instance, if they've been asked, um, if they'd like to Zippy on. There was a program called The Last Leg, which is on Channel Four. It's a sort of live, quite sort of comic sort of it's sort of vaguely political but not you know it's um anyway um and they one of the presenters there's three presenters and one of them somebody said it he sounded like zippy so the company got in touch with um the Fremantle or boat rock or something and said look 
could we have Zippy on? And, and they agreed for that because they thought that would be quite fun. And so I have, a, you know, I have appeared with Zippy on several things. I did Children in Need one year. In fact, they wanted me to do another year, but I wasn't available. I was doing a tour or something. I mean, I have got a tour this year, actually, with The Little Angel. It's a lovely show called The Dong with the Luminous Nose, <laughs> the Edward Lear poem. And I'm part of a four-man company and we're touring all over the country. Um, that starts, I think, in October and goes right through October to the, I think it finishes the end of October, but it's the month of touring around the, the country. So there'll be London dates. I know we're going to Wales. I think we're going, so I can't remember. All, in fact, I'm not sure whether all of them have been settled, but it, you know, it's later on in the year, but I'm definitely doing that, which will be fun to do. So, yeah, I suppose I'm very lucky. I'm still working, which is very nice. And these, these jobs are sort of coming up. So that's, that's good. I'm not quite sure what I'm doing at Christmas, but you never know. Maybe a pantomime or something like that. I don't Fingers know. crossed. Oh, that'd be brilliant. Oh, I mean, we'd love to, we'd love to meet you one of the days, actually. Oh, it'd be lovely to meet you too. Yeah, we'd really definitely, definitely catch up with you. But uh, Ronnie, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. We really do appreciate it. Ah, oh, well, it's a pleasure and it's been really easy and fun.